All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, hello, Gunner. Hello, everybody. And I am joined here today with Andrew Hecox, and we're going to talk about some really cool things that we talked about at the summit, uh, specifically with Red Hat Insights. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate yeah. being here. So um, before before we start talking about uh, Red Hat Insights, um, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are uh, uh, and, and how, how you got to Red Hat and your, and your journey through Red Hat. Sure. So I have what I think uh, is a pretty quintessential Red Hat story. So I was a happy Red Hat customer. Uh, I mm -hmm. joined Red Hat about eight and a half years ago um, after being an IT architect for University of Chicago. Um, and when I first uh, came into my you know, first meeting, TAM meeting, uh, uh, technical account manager, folks who aren't familiar, those are uh, folks who work to support customers directly, um, uh, usually larger accounts, right, um, and provide a high level of service. So joined in, in that kind of role, and I go into my first team meeting, and uh, I'd been using a service from NetApp called Auto Support. Uh, which proactively diagnoses issues with NetApp filers and like basically get instead of the 2 a.m. page where um, you don't know what's going on, you have to log into a you know, system and try and debug something. You get a you know alert at 2 a.m. that says, "Well, a drive failed. Uh, we figured out why. We've already uh, diagnosed the issue. Here's the exact command you need to run. And by the way, we've shipped a drive out. And here's the steps you're going to follow and stuff." So I had this great experience as a customer came into Red Hat as a TAM and was like, why doesn't Red Hat do this? <clears throat> and you know, got normal answers, right? We just hadn't got to it yet, or that's really neat, but we think it's harder. Um, mm -hmm. And so in my role, I went from being a TAM to leading development of the customer portal, uh, eventually moved into an engineering management role over all of the support tooling. Um, my Skunk Works project that I was <clears throat> most passionate about was uh, automatically diagnosing issues, uh, mm -hmm. similar to this NetApp experience, just thought it was really cool. And uh, three or four years and many technology generations uh, in that time period, you know, different technical approaches we were taking, uh, we eventually ended up with a system, which is now Red Hat Insights, which does exactly what uh, NetApp's auto support type of service aspires to do, which is proactively identify issues, automatically uh, diagnose what's happened and give you prescriptive recommendations how to fix it, or ideally how to avoid it before it even happens. Um, mm -hmm. So what I, when I say that's quintessential Red Hat experience, it's that I had an idea. It wasn't necessarily my primary job. I got lots of opportunities to, to do different roles. I think probably five roles in eight years uh, officially, you know, in terms of my scope. But I was able to also work towards an idea that I really believed in and eventually got funding specifically to do that, had room to experiment, uh, room to grow, and now it's uh, Red Hat's newest product. Yeah, so for people that um, are familiar with the Red Hat Access Labs, did it did Insights come out of that? Or maybe you could explain the mm -hmm. Access Labs and how that's different. Yep, absolutely. So, <clears throat> and actually, I'll, I'll talk through... Um, the last three uh, iterations of solving this problem of how to avoid critical issues. Um, the first one we started, which is available both externally and internally, um, internally has a code name Andreas, named after the San Andreas fault line, um, and externally is uh, called access recommendations. 
was a machine learning system that looked at the characteristics of a support case, specifically support case, um, did textual analysis of it and compared that to the K-Base and identified what issues were likely in the K-Base. And so for this system, that system, uh, we actually were able to get it to about 30 to 40% accurate. Um, and we were investing in ways to make it more accurate. And we eventually came to the conclusion of this type of system is useful for certain contexts, but mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to extend that past. Uh, and so we started to get kind of frustrated on the amount of effort we're putting in to get 1% more accurate, 2% more accurate. And we basically had this, you know, we're throwing our hands up. We could hard code this rather than just keep tuning this machine learning algorithm. Yeah. Um, and so from that, the first thing we did is something called Access Labs, which just was, hey, if you know what you're trying to do, um, Access Labs was a platform for people to release tools to customers or to use internally at Red Hat. Um, what we did was we based that on OpenShift, um, mm -hmm. and we set up an OpenShift instance, uh, which made it trivial. We actually created Access Labs in seven weeks, uh, and it was one developer who did it. Mm -hmm. um, we got that out the door really quickly, and we started to be able to say, look, if you're just trying to set up bonding correctly, here's a little app. Right. Oh, you're trying to diagnose um, a SCSI uh, failure message. Here's a little app. And that let us put out to, there's probably 20 people in Red Hat who have published about 50 or so uh, labs out there, slightly more. Um, it really, you know, saying it democratizes is going too far, right? But it, it really let people contribute in very domain-specific ways really easily. Um, yeah. Because OpenShift allowed you to pick your you know, platform of choice, we have stuff out there. It's Node.js, this is Ruby, um, you know, whatever your framework that you like, plenty of Python stuff's out there as well, um, some Java stuff. It let a wide range of people contribute uh, very easily. And so we were really excited about that. Um, OpenShift um, was an awesome platform to build this on, and we started talking to customers about, you know, how are you using this? And the feedback was, A, really positive. We use it a lot. Um, but, B, it's really a shorter version of Red Hat's docs. So Red Hat has these huge, comprehensive docs of the way you want to do stuff. The labs, the labs that got used the most, access labs that used the most, were the ones where someone could just say, I'm trying to accomplish these four things, and then the system automatically picks your path through. Choose your own adventure type of thing rather than reading the whole book. Um, but what was missing was it's like that saves us a lot of time. We really like it. Um, but really, I don't want to get paged at 4 a.m. because bonding failed, mm -hmm. and thus I have to read a doc or use a lab or anything. We want something proactive, and that there's nothing else they had that could get ahead of problems. They had several solutions, labs being one nice option for once they know they have a problem, what do I do about it? Um, and so with insights, how that grew from both these experiences, we basically said, okay, Recommendation systems, uh, like we created before, uh, were sort of fast to get pretty good answers, but very hard to get great answers. Um, labs, you have to know you have an issue. Um, and so we started with the technology approach that's actually straight out of the 90s, which isn't a great way of selling it, but it is um, totally true, which is called expert systems. Um, mm -hmm. Expert systems are where you get an expert. And you have them uh, go through how they would analyze something, and you write a system to mimic how they would do it. Um, and we had a great opportunity at Red Hat because we have a lot of experts. Um, mm -hmm. 
And we also have a lot of data through 15 years of uh, supporting, securing customers, doing performance analysis. And so what we did for Insights, we were able to have experts walk us through uh, how they diagnose data. Um, but we were able to augment that with, we actually just have a lot of data about what's being hit. So we have, uh, if you open a support case with Red Hat, the support engineer who helps you is going to either find the issue in our K-base already that you hit, or they're going to create a new issue. And that allows all the support engineers across the world to interact both with SMEs within Red Hat, um, to share that publicly with customers so they can interact with that, as well as collaborate with each other. And the byproduct of this system, which is uh, called KCS, it's an externally defined support process um, that many big tech vendors use, is that we have statistical information on what uh, systems are most, um, or sorry, what issues are hit most often in systems that is totally unique to Red Hat. So I can literally tell you what uh, was the largest cause of downtime in uh, customers, and you can slice it any way you want. You could say in the federal sector, you could say in Japan last month. And we have all that data, and we have interaction, we have history on who interacted with it. So insights, um, and that data too, it's not specific to Red Hat products necessarily. It's obviously biased towards that. Um, so it's really related to Red Hat platforms. So if right. you're running a large ISV application on Red Hat, um, you think about a database server, right? So you've got a database running on a server, um, and if it's a purely database question, um, that DBA the customer has on site probably goes to the database vendor. Um, but when they have downtime on that server, they're going to come to the database vendor, probably. They're going to come to the operating system vendor, probably. They're going to come possibly even to the hardware vendor. Um, and being particularly historically the OS in between has given us a unique vantage point of what happens above and below the operating system. And so we have, uh, in this database knowledge that Reddit has, we have a huge amount, probably the majority, simple majority of our rules are actually not about Red Hat products per se, but they're about the types of critical issues enterprises hit that involve the platforms that Red Hat produces, but aren't necessarily, it's not all Red Hat bugs, right? You can just that would be very low value to people because you can just apply right. a router and read that. Right, right. <clears throat> but it, yeah, it could be like you, you start noticing trends of a particular NIC dying or, or a particular brand of hardware or something like that. And does that give you guys the opportunity to even reach out to the IHV and, and say, hey, I, we've noticed a trend here and, and we should work yep. together on this? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, just as we were getting started, we helped uh, one of our very large OEMs with an issue. So you think as a as a server um, vendor that they'd have a lot of information about their own customers so that they could do, hey, why is this happening in certain scenarios, not other scenarios? Um, but this and this is you know a server huge server uh, company that we have a really strong partnership with, and uh, they didn't. And part of the early versions of Insights, we helped them data mine what patterns were being seen. So this was a memory corruption mm -hmm. issue in a certain version of uh, a lights-out manager that's integrated on the board that was causing uh, kernel panics. And so we were able to say, well, that's cool. Let's look at our database. Okay, this actually only happens in the ranges of firmware from here to here. So, you know, if you introduce a change along here, um, that's highly likely to be correlated with this new problem that customers are hitting. Um, 
And so we're still in the process of building out a more formal program with our hardware partners. But um, we think both for hardware partners and for ISVs, our ability to spot the trends in um, how people are actually just using the software generally, right? Are you using it on huge systems, small systems, et cetera? And what sort of issues are people really hitting provides um, QA type of benefit. Uh, it provides, um, even for them, a here's what we should be focused on from a use case standpoint. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, that's something uh, that, that we do and are hopefully going to be doing a lot more of uh, as we go yeah. forward. Yeah, so that, that sounds really interesting because, like, you can, you know, obviously we're an open source company and um, you think that it's like, oh, I could just get whatever open source community distro I want. I could assemble the systems myself. I could buy the motherboards and the disk drives and the power supply and the case. And then I'll put a rack together myself and I'll handpick every single component and tune everything the way I want. But it sounds like that approach from a supportability standpoint um, and proactive standpoint, they, they would be blind to what would potentially be going on compared to, say, like um, using RHEL uh, with one of our uh, hardware vendors that is um, that is uh, closely aligned with us in terms of, of providing insights information and for us to be able to proactively tip off our customers that, hey, this particular configuration could be problematic and you should upgrade your firmware. Yeah, and I think one of the anecdotes that I would think about too, so the, the challenge is does community testing line up with enterprise testing? So Red Hat's an open source company, yeah. Um, we do everything community first, uh, open source first, certainly. And that's a huge part of our value proposition. We get a lot of collaboration on solutions, a lot of extra testing. But what we have from a data perspective, what we've seen is that the types of issues that bring down enterprise systems are not really related to uh, the types of things that are discovered in the community. Um, right. And the reason is because the workloads are different. So. The community part is an important part of hardening uh, the code base and improving it um, and helping guide it. But then if I went through the top 10 issues that cause downtime for enterprise, large enterprise shops, you're not going to find any of that. Um, most likely you might find one, but it, generally speaking, you're not going to find that in um, the community's knowledge base, you know, mm -hmm. metaphorically, not all of them actually have like a K base, right? But um, because the usage uh, and the goals are so different. so. Um, we see that as, as a really interesting um, discovery because our first step in creating insights was um, our first set of things we automated was actually uh, best practices that were in some RHEL documentation and you could find in, for example, Fedora's documentation or CentOS's documentation. And yeah. at this point, um, none of those rules exist anymore uh, because we found from customers that they just weren't really applicable to their workloads. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something unique about um, working with real enterprise workloads um, that you add on top of a great community foundation. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like this This sounds like really cool. It sounds like uh, it's a lot of awesome proprietary information we're doing and, and we're turning into a proprietary company now, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, not exactly the way I'd phrase no? it. Um, no, and shockingly. So yeah. <laughs> uh, how Red Hat Insights relates to Red Hat's open source stance, I think, is a, is a great topic. So uh, everything that Red Hat ships is open source, um, always. 
basically, right? Even when we ship something that's open source, it's always in the process of becoming open source Red Hat. Um, and through new projects and acquisitions, there's a time frame that takes, you know, depending on the project, how long it takes to get open. For Red Hat Insights, um, again, everything that we ship is already open source, but we're taking it extra further to say we're even going to open source. It's a SaaS service, but we're even going to open source um, the uh, SaaS components that create the service. Um, the only thing that is unique to Red Hat that is essentially proprietary or confidential is the interaction between our experts and our customer data. Um, and so for obvious reasons, we're not going to uh, disseminate customer information out uh, to the community. Um, in fact, we sort of make a huge point not to even store that stuff uh, other than in the need to analyze and identify those trends. Um, and so we'll, we'll continue to see that, just like Red Hat support is a differentiator between, uh, say, CentOS and RHEL. Um, we'll continue to see Red Hat's uh, data and expertise be a differentiator between uh, Insights and the open source projects that are going to spin out of Insights. Um, but we feel like as an open source company, it's it's essential commitment and also a better process to put the code out there and let the, the world look at it, inspect it, improve it, and give us feedback. Yeah, and I think that, that also makes it, instead of us having this walled garden where the hardware vendors and the ISVs have to beg us to write modules uh, to to cater to their uh, hardware. We, you know, by having it be open source, they could write those modules and then give them to us, right? Yep, absolutely. And we've gotten really, again, we're still developing our partner program, uh, so I don't want to pretend we're at the finish line, but we've gotten great feedback so far uh, as far as how this both can help uh, our our partners service their customers better, but also how they could make uh, Red Hat's customers uh, happier as well, right? Everyone, no one wants a IHB running an OS, running an app. None of the uh, parties involved, customer included, want downtime. Um, right. None of them want data loss. None of them want a security breach. And so it's a nice vehicle for uh, making customers successful um, across the board. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know that like our ticketing system, like which which you mentioned was really cool. Like if somebody's following a ticket as they're typing the ticket in, you would see an auto population of, oh, here are some uh, potential problems and resolutions. And um, before even people file tickets, um, they can come up with a solution. That's part of the subscription. Um, the access labs are part of the subscription. Um, is Insights, is that sold separately or is that included or how, how does that work out? Yeah, that's a great question. So Insights is an add-on subscription. Um, it is similar if you view something Red App produces called Smart Management, which is uh, uh, tightly tied to our satellite product, or you could use it with RHN as mm -hmm. well. So it's an add-on uh, to get basically another level of, of management. So we consider analytics from Insights to fit in the same camp. Um, we're also working on, but it's very early to try and create a subscription-specific one so that you'd actually be able to have tiers. Um, mm -hmm. So, again, I don't want to uh, sort of for record say, okay, this this date, this thing will come out. But we're trying to look at things which are, what are the foundations of customer success? Yeah. Okay, what's more of like a real-time uh, risk assessment platform? And the difference between those two would become a difference between subscription included and, and add-on. Uh, okay. Okay. And 
and for right now, if people wanted to kick the tires, what they actually have to call and, and get a, a, a talk to their sales rep and get a trial for insights? You know, that's a great question. Than that? Yeah, it's, it's easier. What we've done is, and again, we, we had such a great experience with OpenShift using it to build platforms. And Insights, by the way, is also built on top of OpenShift. Um, that, uh, you know, we look a lot at what they do. And what OpenShift Online does, they give you three um, years. I think they may be renaming this. But anyway, um, for free. And we took a similar model with Insights. So you can subscribe 10 Systems Insights without um, getting involved with any sort of salesy conversation. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, if you are interested in evaluating more, you can totally call up your rep and say, hey, I want something, and you get you know, whatever length of evaluation you're looking for. But what the 10 free has allowed customers to do is just sort of, before they make a big commitment of time or energy, um, yeah. take a look at it. So as a SaaS offering, it is um, trivial to set up. There's no extra infrastructure. Like, you really don't need to do a lot. Um, yeah. You just install the package, um, mm -hmm. you know, yum install, Red Hat Access Insights, which is Slightly confusing because the access word is in there still. It's the product name is Red Hat Insights, and the RPM name will eventually be that, but it's Red Hat Access Insights. Uh, yum, install that, run the command to register, and go to the web UI and see what you see. And mm -hmm. we have uh, customers who um, are even just using this to look at what's my gold master, what issues does it have? Okay, yes. If I want to real-time monitor my entire state, then I'd be investing in this as uh, you know, an upsell which, you know, it's honestly not the most expensive upsell you could do, and so I think it's a pretty good value for customers. But you don't need to do that. You can just say, here's my gold image, here's what template I use, here's a system in, you know, my QA environment that new apps pass through before they go to production. Uh, we think those are all great use cases. Um, and from our standpoint, we really are more interested to see customers try out what we think is a pretty new model of working, um, give us feedback, and then if that really works for you, then you're naturally going to have interest in seeing that happen everywhere. But uh, you yeah. don't need to do that. You definitely don't need to start there. Um, and I think people, you know, sometimes forget how easy it is just to take a look and see if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. And if if we were to look into our crystal ball a little bit, I the the first time I heard about insights, um, it's like, oh yeah, it's like with the a lot of the tooling is up on redhat.com and it's like I threw my hands up and it's like, well, what about all our government customers that are in disconnected environments or classified labs and stuff like that? It's like that's not going to be a play for them. But what what are what are some of the things like are we thinking about things like that for the future? Yeah, we are. So as far as um, the sort of nature of the service, so I'll tell you by way of an anecdote uh, from the guy who found Audacity. Uh, which online learning course. He also happens to lead the effort for Google self-driving cars. Um, mm -hmm. So he tells this story, uh, which is that if you're teaching your 16-year-old how to parallel park uh, and he or she bumps the car behind him, that's great. Your 16-year-old, and maybe you, learn something from that experience. Um, in this sort of future world he's imagining, right, with self-driving cars, what would happen is every car on the planet would learn from that experience. Mm, right? Okay. And so this metaphor fits into, for me, uh, well, it's not really a metaphor, but um, how insights works. So by being connected, having anonymized, uh, aggregated information about how enterprise systems are performing, 
you can much more uh, quickly learn what patterns are risky and then disseminate those back to every other system in the world to say, and you know, this is the operators and managers of those systems, here's the risks that you want to avoid, here's what we're seeing. Um, but it's not necessary for every system in the world to be connected to that, right? We actually have over 20,000 enterprise check-ins every night already for Insights, and this is a product that just launched um, about six months ago. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at how can we have more of like pools of this. So for example, in the government space, if there's a service provider cloud that they can work in, can we put uh, instance of Insights there? Um, you could go all the way to putting an instance of insights on-premise for a customer, and certainly Red Hat might in our journey evolve to that, but then you're really only limited to learning about what happens at a single site mm -hmm. um, and not the 100,000 or so uh, sites that uh, Red Hat as a company deals with at enterprise level. So you know, we're looking at basically we have one giant lake right now, um, and could we find other ponds? that are big enough that you're going to get this experiential learning and we can feed in even what's happening in the larger lake, uh, so to speak. Um, but that help customers manage risk by being um, on a, not just our SaaS platform, but in a managed service SaaS platform in a place that they know they can trust. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, th this is really cool, Andrew. And I love that analogy of the self-driving car. I'm going to totally steal that. Um, but with, with, uh, if, if, you know, I tried it out actually on my laptop insights and it was, like you said, it was super easy to install. And then all of a sudden you go to the web page and, um, the user experience on the web page is actually pretty, uh, beautiful. It's, it's very visual, com visually compelling, um, and everything. So you guys did a great job on that. But, um, if, if folks wanted to uh, learn more about uh, Insights and, and all the Access Labs and all that stuff, what, what site should we send them to? Yeah, if you go to the dgshow.org, um, mm -hmm. there you're going to see a list of the key links that uh, we have for learning more information. Um, not only can you uh, use a SaaS offering, um, and it's visually integrated into satellite and cloud forms as well, um, we have something I'll highlight there, too, which is we run in a perpetual beta mode. So you both have the stable version mm -hmm. of the platform, um, but you also can just literally switch over without re-registering to huh. see um, what's the latest build that we've produced this week and what will be our next release, and you can give feedback directly there. So uh, if you stop by DG Show, uh, you're going to see pointers to all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, that's awesome, Andrew. So, hey, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. And, and Andrew, thanks for joining. I really appreciated you uh, uh, teaching us about insights, and hopefully everybody gives it a shot. Well, thanks a lot for your time, uh, David, and appreciate everyone who listened.